0: Words are powerful. They can heal or hurt, innovate or destroy, cure us, bring us down, and then bring us right back up again. The words we choose evoke feelings and responses in ourselves and those who hear us on a daily basis. They can even, if we are wise, be life-saving. Welcome to There's a Word for That, a podcast that explores a different word or expression each week and our relationship to it. I'm your host, Suzanne Dressler, and thank you for joining me on this journey. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for tuning in. Not surprisingly, this week's episode is all about the word gratitude. There are so many ways to express gratitude and many iterations of the word itself. Not to mention the word means something different to all of us. I was extremely curious to hear what my audience has to say on this word, so I reached out to my subscribers and asked them to share what gratitude means to them. I also interviewed my mom, Sandy Dressler-Berman, who is a clinical social worker and is the epitome of optimism. She has tremendous and insightful beliefs and advice about this word, and her interview will follow the responses that my subscribers gave me. So first things first, let's begin with some words of gratitude. I feel like I'm in a gratitude circle at an ashram or something, (laughs) and I'm not. Okay, so the first one is from my friend Alan, who wrote to me and said, I don't walk around in a state of eternal gratitude. I'm not sure that I even recognize gratitude until someone asks me to comment on what gratitude is. So I guess it's fair to say that recognizing that one is grateful requires stopping, feeling, and acknowledging it. That is pretty profound, actually. This is from my friend's mother, Lori. When I think of the word gratitude, it does have a sappy little connotation. Maybe it's overused now, or maybe it's just me. But I do prefer it to its popular cousin, blessed, as in feeling blessed, which is something... I agree with. I don't like the word blessed because it indicates that somebody else is not. I feel so blessed to have an apartment. So did somebody give you a blessing and they took it away from someone else? I don't I don't like that word. That's a side note. Nonetheless, I do feel grateful for lots of things, but most importantly for my family, close friends, and our health and well-being. I learned a long time ago that nothing no matter how terrific means anything if you don't have your health. It's very true. I tried to be aware of how grateful I was for my family and our health before the pandemic, but this experience has certainly heightened those feelings and shown a light on what really matters. I am a hundred percent in agreement with Lori. This is from one of my best friends, Lauren, who wrote, I'm grateful for you, my sister. I am grateful for you too, Lauren. I don't know what I would do without you. Uh, this is from my friend, Mara, which I love this response because I realized when I read it that I feel the same way. I just don't think I say it enough, or maybe I do. Anyway, she wrote, to me, gratitude means a deep appreciation for being seen, such as when the other hears my perspective, takes in my requests, concerns, questions, considers, and honors them. I love that, and I realized that I feel the same way. Think of how you feel if you get into a fight with a friend and they're willing to sit down and you can talk about it it always reminds us to be grateful of people who are willing to hear us and who respect us. So thank you, Mara, for that. That was brilliant. This is from my acting coach and friend, Ethan. And he wrote, gratitude, perspective on your fortunes, whether it be relationships, opportunities, or to a lesser degree, possessions. It is the ability to observe it from the outside and accept that you earn and deserve whatever comes into your life. I love that. This is one of my students. I tutor the daughter. Sometimes I help her with her writing. She's in college and she's brilliant, but I sometimes, you know, we all need help with our writing. And she has a teenage son, so I work with them. And she wrote, Oh my God, yes! I think gratitude is essential, especially in the age of COVID-19. Back in May, when all of this was new, I had the distinct honor of participating as a panelist in a wellness summit hosted by Essence Magazine. Nice, go Lori." As I prepared for my 15 minutes of fame, ha, I received a number of communications from the marketing PR firm hired to do the heavy lifting. They were an impressive team, flawless in their execution. What struck me most, though, was that they ended each and every email with the following, with peace and gratitude. And six months later, this is what I remember and appreciate most. The reminder that we have yet to move forward with grace, aka peace and gratitude, and their overt and unapologetic commitment to that higher idea. Peace, hello. So yes, let us all keep the idea of gratitude front and center. With peace and gratitude for all the light that you've brought into my life and equally important into, and then she names her her children's names, which I won't repeat. This one is from my podcast editor. She has a whole team. And she's amazing and she's incredible. If you have a podcast and you want her information, let me know. So this is what she wrote. The pandemic has definitely made me more grateful, but in a more pragmatic way. I used to look at life through rose-colored glasses with everything fine and peachy. And I guess this is the one thing I'm truly grateful for. Having a more realistic perspective on life, it helps me keep that balance. Oh, now that's very interesting. That's really interesting. Huh. Okay. Thank you, Anne. We have to talk about that. And then she wrote, looking forward to this episode. Yay, me too. And the last one is from my friend Kara, who grew up in the city. And She wrote, which is very funny, but it's pretty cool what she said. As a Jewish New Yorker who has married a Catholic, I tend to feel guilt in conjunction with gratitude. My family always taught me to appreciate all, and I have grown up feeling incredibly blessed. Throughout this pandemic, I have experienced enormous gratitude, which makes me more eager than ever to help the world. I can say more. Okay, that was even more eager to help and heal the world. I think a lot of people have felt that way. I know I have. I think so many people I know have become activists, have become volunteers, are now urgently seeking out ways to get involved in the community in ways these people I know never did, and myself included. I think the pandemic has shown us that we all are equally connected. One person getting COVID-19 in China has created a worldwide pandemic and a massive pandemonium. (laughs) Go figure. So with that in mind, let's move on to my interview with my mamala, Sandy Dressler-Berman. Thank you, Mom, for coming on the show to talk about gratitude. I am very grateful that you agreed to do this. And I'm grateful you invited me, Suzanne. Yay. So just tell me what gratitude means to you since you consider yourself, in your own words, a perpetual optimist. I'm assuming in order to be a perpetual optimist, you have to practice gratitude on a regular basis. That's what I believe, at least.
1: Well, and yes, I would agree with that. And I think that gratitude is, I like that you use the word practice because gratitude really is an optimism as well, a conscious recognition of what is good in your life. So it's sometimes we just assume things, but it's really a conscious recognition of what is good, what is valuable, what we're lucky to have.
0: That's funny that you say that because. I've always thought about the difference between thankful and grateful. When people say thankful and grateful, grateful to me is like you said, it's more of a conscious effort. It's an internal job. Being mm-hmm. thankful for something is being, it's like you're thanking something else as in somebody else had control over it. And I don't like that term the same way I don't like to use the word I'm blessed. I don't like saying I'm thankful or I'm blessed because it indicates that somebody else is or another power has control over my life. So I'm thankful that I was able to work during the pandemic and quarantine, but that wasn't anybody else doing that. That was me working hard on my business for years doing that. And when people say, I'm so blessed, I got this, I got that, it is a blessing. But it also, to me, conversely suggests that somebody else is not getting that blessing that you have, as opposed to being grateful it's something where it's an inside job. Yes,
1: yes. I mean, a thank you is somebody delivers food from Instacart to you. <laughs> yeah. You say thank you. Yes. Somebody hand you your Starbucks, you say thank you. That's a whole different level of gratitude. Thanks. And maybe in this pandemic world, those simple thank yous do turn into gratitude that we we do consciously say, I have gratitude for those people that are willing to, work for Instacart or DoorDash and the, the person who's willing to be in Starbucks. And so I think that during the pandemic, the simple thanks and thank yous have reached a deeper level, perhaps very often, of gratitude. Do you have any specific examples? Because I know
0: even growing up, you always tried to get me and David... To look at the positive side and even daddy, because daddy was definitely not a perpetual optimist. He was, I think, a little more like me in that sense. He would he was like Grandma Ida, right? He'd get down on himself more. But I remember once I was in the car with him driving, and he looked upset or stressed. And I was and I said, What's wrong? And he said, I'm just really stressed about work. I don't want to go to work tomorrow. (laughs) Like, who wants to go to work on a Sunday? And he was like in a bad mood. And I said, Dad, you have Two kids who love you, two kids who are healthy and fine. You have a wife who loves you. You have a job that's stable. You have a beautiful house and a beautiful family. So get the fuck over yourself. And he like paused for like a minute and then he said, You know, I feel a lot better. Thank you. Did you really say that to him as a kid? More of a teenager, I would call him out when he was feeling down and he's like, You're right. Thank you for saying that. Hmm. But back to you. You were, I asked you if you. Do you remember anything, any specifics, either in career examples working with, you know, because you're an LCSW at a school and now you've done counseling groups. Do you have any specific examples in your own life where you've in, I don't want to say in your practice because you're not a private therapist, but in your career as a social worker, have there been examples where you've tried to instill the practice of gratitude to students or families or people that you were? Well, of
1: course, I think that when you are counseling students, you're trying to get them to tap into their strengths and an awareness of the strengths they have and a gratitude for what they're able to control in their lives and to help them see that and build on that is a sense of gratitude for what you are able to do. And many of the students and families I work with lack some of the resources and lack some of the skills and the opportunities. So it was important to help them see the value in themselves and feel grateful for what they are able to do. I think currently in I'm, I'm running bereavement groups right. for people who have lost people to COVID. And in that sense that you might say, what on earth is there to be grateful for? I think a lot of people through just a conversation and asking them about what those last contacts were, life and, were like and what was good about them, they will say, well, I lost my husband and I, I'm very, very lonely, but I'm grateful we had. 60 years together and they will they will say that themselves or they will say i am so grateful for that nurse's aide that was able to hold up the phone who used their own phones to facetime with me so that i could say goodbye to my mother and so they are grateful to the hospital staff so did someone actually say that absolutely and so while it's an awful thing for someone to not be able to be with a loved one when they were awful. dying. Awful. They are able to just celebrate the the staff that were there to put the phone to their mother's ear or to put the FaceTime phone up to their husband's face. So that truly is, that doesn't take the pain away. Right. But it makes it more balanced. It makes pain a little more balanced under those very bearable bearable under those circumstances to be able to consciously get yourself shifted over to a grateful place for what you are grateful for the years you had with that person the the help you received at the end yeah so that's that's I would say that's how I use it in my practice when you were saying that
0: it's almost as if trying to get people in these groups or when people do it themselves they're able to find the humanity in other people maybe makes them feel better about mm-hmm. having suffered such a deep loss. Why did this happen to me? To focus right. on the right. way people, to be grateful for the kindness someone exhibited right. to you. For me, it gives me hope in humanity, which I think helps the grieving process.
1: Well, and even you said I'm an eternal optimist and I am. And I think that is Part just who I am and the way yes. I was, you know, even if we're talking about, about grief, even when I was widowed, I can consciously remember, there's actually two times I remember drawing on gratitude to help me and sitting in the chair in the living room and thinking I was a young widow. So I mean, 52, relatively young. Yes. That is. Remember. Young. So I remember thinking, well, yes, this this is too young and I wish I had more years with your dad but I'm glad I'm young because I'm young I'm healthy I have a full-time job I can do things I can go places I have a very rich network of friends and family and and a life outside the home and outside of being a wife and I remember being very grateful that I had a full time job to go back to and a life ahead of me, so that I could feel that I had time for another chapter in my life. And I remember thinking how much harder it would be for somebody who was ninety years old or eighty five years old and maybe stuck in the house and maybe not having as many friends anymore. And you know, or maybe not, not a job person. they
0: love, right? Maybe, yeah,
1: right. Or maybe not exactly. Maybe they don't have the, a positive connection outside but I remember feeling grateful that I was young while I was while I was distressed that I was so young and it wasn't fair but instead of harping on the fact oh this is so unfair that I'm 52 I rather my mind went to this is this is better than if I was 82 in some ways not obviously in 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 losing someone for all those years but I always tend to go to the positive. Another time I remember was when (laughs) I remember it was a snow day. It was a beautiful snow day and I was sitting at the dining room table and we have sliding glass doors out onto the deck and the snow was piling up and coming down and it was beautiful. But I was recently hired to teach a college course. And I had to get my curriculum written. And David was two years old, I think, at the time. And your father was home from work. And nobody was going anywhere because it was snowing. I felt very jealous that I couldn't go out with them and make a snowman. And that I couldn't be out just relaxing on a snow day that I had this. Oh, so this was
0: years ago. Because
1: I thought this was, okay,
0: this was years ago. No, no, I
1: said David was two years old. I remember being very jealous and upset that I couldn't have a relaxing snow day. And I and consciously I sat at that dining room table and I said, Sandy, snap out of it. You are teaching a college class. This is very cool. You have your degree, you have somebody's hired you to teach a class. You have you are very lucky that you are able to be in the position of sitting at the kid dining room table writing a curriculum so snap out of it be happy that you're in this position of having to do the work so I I have an ability to switch my mind over to the gratitude for even if it's going to be hard work the gratitude that I have the opportunity to do the hard work and I think it's just a very important part of my life being grateful for what I do have and I think it's an important thing for everybody
0: on a side note I didn't know that you ever taught a college class. Where was
1: this? Norwell Community College. What was the class? Elder family and community health. It was a sociology course, and I taught it. It for, us. Taught it for a number of years at night. It was part time. I was home. Yeah.
0: I, I did not know this. Okay. Well, I learned something new today. That's very impressive. Okay.
1: I'll you give you my entire. But would you like my uh, CV? I I'm just. See.
0: I'm just very surprised that it never came up in conversation that you were a teacher at one point. The things okay. you learned. Well, that's impressive. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I did
1: not actually. <laughs> no, I have. A Maybe thought you never talked about. Well, I had no. I enjoyed the teaching part. I didn't enjoy the preparation part, and I did not enjoy giving people Fs or Ds. And I found that yes. the most difficult thing for me, obviously, because yes. I like to please people, and so that was well, very, hurtful. very difficult. So I didn't like being put in that position. So I didn't continue after a few years. But but getting back to grateful, yes, I would um, also. Like to talk just briefly about an article I read in the Times actually yesterday about an amazing man, an 89 year old Holocaust survivor who talked about COVID and he lives in Brussels. He opened up his window in Brussels, brought his electric piano to the windowsill, and played classical piano for his neighbors. And he was interviewed for this Times article and he was saying how difficult. It is to be locked down in COVID. And I guess in Belgium, things are getting very bad again, as they are here. And he compared it to the Holocaust when he saved himself by jumping off a transport train on its way to Auschwitz when he was 11 years old. He spent the next two years hiding. And he said, those two years, we lived in terror. We had no food, no warmth. My family. We were separated from family. We had nothing. And now I'm in my warm apartment. I can order food. I have my television. I have my phone. I can connect with my family. So this, I am grateful for the situation now of lockdown when I compare it to the situation I had back then. So you always have to think what it would be to be, or I've often thought, what would it be to be locked down in 1918 during the Spanish flu, when there was no Zoom and there was no Netflix and there were no telephones and everybody was isolated and didn't know what was happening. So I always try to look at what we are grateful for, even if the situation is bad, to be grateful for what is good
0: yeah I'd have to read that article. Do you remember what section it was in
1: it, it said International
0: the international that's in, that's I mean that's a beautiful story, but it does, I saved
1: it yeah, mm-hmm.
0: it does make sense because, as you know, it's been hard because I live alone, so I get very lonely, and it's hard to there have been times when I've had to let myself feel the loneliness, but I'm trying to at least be grateful for the fact that I'm alone in an apartment I love and I have two cats. And my family is okay and safe, and I'm okay and safe, and we do have Zoom. And it's hard because loneliness can be physically painful. I think right. we've all sort of learned about that. Not, it's not something I've ever experienced, and I think people all over the world are sort of learning what that pain is, the isolation. But I am trying to look at the things I do have that can help get me through it and not Wallow in the loneliness because it's so, it, it can make you sick, right? So well, there's sh- also a difference
1: between loneliness and being alone and you are alone physically but you do have loving family loving friends there are some people who have no family i know who don't have very many connections for whatever reason various reasons so you can physically be alone but know that out there there is a network of people who are there for you so you're not emotionally alone, although in a physical sense, you may be.
0: No, uh, agree. And I am, I am grateful for the things I have. And it's hard to sometimes focus on them. But I know, I know I have to. Before we wrap up, is there anything you can think of that you would suggest, those social work skills, to anyone who's listening who isn't feeling particularly grateful? which is understandable. Maybe they suffered a huge loss recently due to Mm -hmm. COVID or just a loss in general, people. Life continues, which means death continues, sadly. Do you have any suggestions for how to reframe the mind as quick as possible in those moments of despair and when people can't find the gratitude because they're just in so much pain?
1: Regarding gratitude, again, that it's a conscious effort. So I would say to stop what you're doing, to sort of stop your thinking and to try to come up with five things in the last month, let's say, if you have to stretch back that far, five things that you are grateful for. If you can find something for that delicious meal that someone cooked for you or for the phone call you received or something. Right that you are grateful for, even if it's that beautiful bird that landed on your window sill or that the sun is shining today. Something that you're grateful for. And then if you can, to share that grateful feeling with someone. Call somebody and huh. say, thank you. Call up a friend and say, I just remembered when you were there for me when I called you with that question and you answered it thank you for being there for me. That really helped. Or calling a neighbor to thank them for something that they did. Or calling a relative to say, I was just thinking I was so grateful to have you for a brother. I wanted to call you and thank you. And not thank you, but let you know that I'm grateful for you. So it's kind of paying it forward to think of that gratitude. Think of something you are grateful for and let that person know or even write it down if it's a thing to Great kind idea. of pay it to kind of pay it forward.
0: I mean I've heard of the you know, there's the gratitude journals that people talk about. But yes, this is yes. a little more active. I like that you're saying don't just think of the things you're grateful for, act
1: on them. By letting the person or think letting them know. And 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 in that sense, passing on the gratitude to someone. I mean, can you imagine if anybody called you and said, I'm so grateful that you're in my life, that you wouldn't feel good? You would be. I would be thrilled. Yeah. Of course, anybody would be, right? So read a quote that I took a lot of time kind of thinking what the quote meant. And it was also in the paper yesterday. I think a lot of people are talking about gratitude now because it's Thanksgiving. Sure. And actually, Hello, it was. Hello, why you're article- here. There was an article by uh, Michael J. Fox, who, as we know, is suffering a lot and has written about gratitude. And and I'm trying to see the glass half full. He said, um, he had a quote that he used. He said, with gratitude, optimism becomes sustainable.
0: Oh, that's amazing. That's so interesting. That's So, so I interesting. just,
1: I wrote down that quote and I'm just sharing it with you today, but thank I you. wrote down that quote with gratitude, optimism becomes sustainable. Well,
0: right. Because you think some people are optimists, some people aren't. It's just the way they're born. But the practice of gratitude can change right. the brain chemistry and then it becomes, it becomes more natural and more organic to be optimistic. There you go. Well, thank you so much, Sandy Dressler-Berman, my beautiful mother, for joining us. And I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. I love you, Mom, and thank you.
1: Okay. I'm grateful for the opportunity, Suzanne. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye -bye.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for listening today. If there is a word or phrase you would love to have covered on the show, please don't hesitate to reach out. And remember, whatever you are thinking, feeling, or experiencing, there's always a word for that. See you next time.